Welcome to Mint, the podcast dedicated to making spiritual things practical. My name is Aminta Geisler, and I'm excited to spend the next few minutes with you talking about God's Word and applying it to real-life situations. The goal of this podcast is to inspire you and equip you to run the race of faith well, one practical step at a time. Because just like a weight is useless if a person doesn't pick it up and do the workout, so faith will be useless if a person doesn't do the work of putting their spiritual knowledge into action. Together, let's go beyond learning into implementing, one practical step at a time, and let's grow stronger in our faith. Today on the show, we are going to start a three-part series called We've Got Problems. (laughs) And while I say that a bit tongue-in-cheek, isn't it kind of true? The last six or seven months have been filled with all kinds of problems that we didn't have before or problems that have been made exponentially worse by recent events. And sometimes feels like the wheels are falling off the bus and everything and everyone has gone crazy, doesn't it? I mean, there is a worldwide pandemic. There are supercharged political crashes. There's rioting, toilet paper shortages. Don't even get me started on that. Cancellation about after cancellation and more. Man, when I look around, people are opinionated. They're upset. Sometimes they're violent. And it's really easy to see all of it and get upset or to get worried or let anxiety creep in or to become angry or get confused. You name it. All the feelings are there. And I admit, some days I fall into that pit and it is not fun climbing out of there. But recently, when I was riding home on a plane, I felt God gently nudge me into his word where I found after studying and reading almost the entire New Testament, I found three themes, three simple truths that give us an approach for how we can face all the problems that are going on around us and remain steady and standing on the solid rock. So this week, We are going to focus on the first of three problems. That's what this series is going to be. We've got problems, and I'm going to talk about three of them. And my next two podcasts will hit the subsequent problems. But this week, we're going to tackle the problem of why does it feel like everything's falling apart? And then next week, we're going to look at how do I get along with people who feel and act and vote really differently than me, people that are radically differently than me. And finally, What can I do with all of my disappointments and fears? So those are the three questions that I feel like are pretty applicable that at some time in the last six or seven months, all of us have asked, why is it all falling apart? How do I get along with these people? Or what am I going to do about all this disappointment or fear? And my hope is that by the end of this series, you'll have a framework of biblical truth through which you can filter your emotions and your fears and your actions, and you can bring them all captive to Jesus and get a firm foundation to stand on in uncertain times. And believe you me, friends, I have had a bumpy six months. And so to come on the airwaves and say to you, this is what I think we need to do, feels (laughs) really hard because I have struggled and I have asked God so many questions, but yet time and time again, I feel like he has driven me to his word and then showed me these three simple things that his word says that have stood the test of time that we can count on in these uncertain times. So that's where we're headed. Because let's be honest, our problems are probably not going away anytime soon. 
But I believe with my whole heart that we have a God who's bigger than any of our problems. And that means that when Satan tries to overwhelm us with fears about a virus, or when politics get so ugly that people are full of hatred and begin to fight, or when our plans get canceled yet again and we're just devastated, we don't have to be victim to our circumstances. We don't. Because we have victory through Jesus and the power of His Holy Spirit, and we just need to keep our minds and our hearts rooted in truth and our eyes fixed on the Father. Amen? Amen. So that's what this series is going to be. It's going to be a whole lot of truth coming at you, and we are going to address our problems and come up with just practical, biblical themes and ways that we can deal with them. So let's pray before we get started. Father, I just come before you this morning so thankful for who you are, God. Thank you that you always have been and you always will be and that you hold the whole world in the palm of your hand. Will you help us, God, as we dive into this series about problems? Will you help us to have eyes to see you, ears to hear you, and hearts that are open to growing and walking forward in courage and chasing after you? In your name we pray, amen. All right. I am pretty excited to dive into this today, and I've got a whole bunch of scripture ready for you. It's going to be so fun. So here we go. The first problem, the one we're tackling today, and I'm going to ask it as a question, is this. Why is the world falling apart? Why is it coming unglued? Have you asked yourself this question lately? I know that I have, and I also know that there are a whole lot of opinions out there about what the answer to that question is. I mean, the world offers us a variety of answers. Some people will say that this is a political issue, that the problem is a certain politician, or the problem is the Republican Party, or the problem is the Democrat Party. Some will say this is more of a humanity issue, that this is about equality and inequality and how unfair the system and the justice system is. Some will tell you this is an economic issue, that this this is because of the rich or that this is the plight of the poor. Some will even say this is a power issue, that the rich and the powerful and those who are standing in positions of great influence are the pulling the strings and we're merely the puppets. So there's all these theories and conspiracy theories out there about what's broken and what we need to do to fix it, aren't there? I mean, man, there are explanations everywhere about what needs to be fixed or changed. And sometimes it gets so heated, I just have to shut off my social media and shut off the news because I just can't even handle all of the angst and all of the emotion that is coming out of all of these media outlets. But but most of them, I believe, most of the media outlets and most of the theories in the world are managing symptoms. They're not actually getting to the heart of the problem. It's kind of like a pain medicine that masks pain. And unless you deal with actually healing the wound, you just have to keep masking the pain so that you're not in pain. So why is the world falling apart? Because I think that those reasons that I gave that we see on the news and on TV and that people are talking about, I think those are symptoms of a deeper issue. I don't think they're the real issue. I think the world is falling apart. And over and over in scripture, it tells us why. And this one word continues to jump out at me, and it's this, sin. Our country, our world has a sin problem. More than anything else at the heart of this, this is it's a problem of the heart. And we are seeing the fruit of a bad heart. You know, Jesus talked about over and over uh, in, in Matthew that we will know a tree by its fruit. And I think we are seeing all around us as things are falling apart and coming unglued, we're seeing the fruit of sin. 
And so I have just been pouring over the New Testament in recent months, looking for um, comfort. And what I found is some scripture. I'm going to read it to you, and we're going to um, just see what it says. The first is Galatians 5.19. Galatians 5.19 says this, When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild party, and other sins like these. And the Bible says it's the result of sin, of our sinful nature. In 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 through 2, it says this, Now, the Holy Spirit tells us clearly in the last times that some will turn away from the true faith. They will follow deceptive spirits and teachings that come from demons. These people are hypocrites and liars, and their consciences are dead. And so people are turning away from the truth, and they're following their sinful desires. Second uh, Timothy chapter 4, verses 3 to 4 says, For a time is coming... When people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching, they will follow their own desires and they will look for teachers who tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. They will reject truth and chase after myths. Man, doesn't that make your hair stand up on your arms a little bit? Doesn't that kind of sound like what's going on right now? They reject the truth and they do whatever their bodies want to do. Um, you know what's funny? In 2 Timothy chapter 3, it also says this, In the last days it will be difficult times, for people will love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to parents and ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. They will be cruel and hate what is good. They will betray friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride, and love pleasure rather than God. They will act religious, but reject the power that could make them godly. I don't know about you, but it's, I read stuff like that and I'm like, oh, that describes pretty accurately what's going on right now in our world. And I think the Bible just makes it so clear that sin is at the bottom of all of these behaviors. Sin is at the bottom of corruption. It's a heart issue. There is... Proverbs 28.2 says this, when there's moral rot within a nation, its government topples easily. And I think that's what we're seeing before our very eyes. There is moral rot in our nation. We have a sin problem and everything is toppling around us. So with that established, that this is a sin problem, what do we do? How do we handle this problem of sin? Because this is a this is a pretty big issue, Minta, right? This is a pretty big topic. What are, how are we supposed to respond? What do we do in response to this? And here's what I'm going to say. Number one, pray. Pray for our nation. And you know what you can pray for is revival. Pray for an awakening. I have been praying for the three hours that we would have a return to truth, a repentance of sin, and a receiving of the Holy Spirit. And I think... In our country, if we could have a return to truth, people repenting of their sin and receiving the power of the Holy Spirit, we could start to take back our country and 
have traction and just see things start to turn around. But it is only by turning to Jesus that we can be saved. And so we need to pray for revival for our country. And I know I'm not the only one saying that and encouraging that, but that is really where we need to start is that we need to be in prayer. And then we can turn and look at ourselves because revival ultimately starts with us. Man, we are God's people, and we need to be on fire and burning so bright and so hot for Jesus that other people can't help but want to get into the flames and burn also. It is our time to burn, friends. So fan the flames of your faith and get lit. I am not kidding. Get lit for Jesus, because now is the time when we need to stand up and stand for truth and make a difference. And you know how we do that? We need to submerse ourselves in the word of God. We need to make sure we are anchored in truth because when we do that, we will be dressed in the full armor of God, prepared to do battle for good. And we can live by God's power and love, and we can help those who are around us. But this is really important. This is like the key piece right here is it begins with the return to truth. And I know I say this all the time, but we have to be in the word of God on a daily basis. Then and only then will we be strong enough to walk forward and incite change. Man, we need to be putting in the good stuff to counter all of the junk that's coming at us every day. All of the stuff on social media, all the stuff on TVs, all the stuff in movies, all the stuff talking with all the people all around you. We need to ground that in the word of God and focus on what God says more than we focus on what our Google search tells us. Because he is right. He is truth. And friends, there's no shortcutting this. You got to get in the word any way you can. Download a Bible app, download an audio program where somebody reads it to you, get a version of your Bible that's easier to read. Set aside five minutes, even just five minutes in the morning or five minutes before you go to bed. But only by submersing yourself in truth will you be able to spot the lies. Will you be able to look around at everything going on and everything that's being said? And will you be able to know the difference between what it is real and what is a lie and what is false? So let me just share with you a couple encouraging things in that way that I found in my New Testament. And the first one is Ephesians. 4, 14 through 15, and it says this. We will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever that they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of the body in the church. And that's what happens when we are in the word. We grow more and more like him, and we are not swayed by the things of this world. And then in Colossians... 3 verse 16 it says this let the message about Christ in all of its richness fill your lives teach counsel each other with all the wisdom that he gives sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts so that's what he's talking about is to be in the word. It is so important that we're in the word. Another place I find that is 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 3 to 5. It says, some people may contradict our teaching, 
but the word is the wholesome teachings of the Lord Jesus Christ, and these teachings promote a godly life. Anyone who teaches something different is arrogant and lacks understanding, and that person has an unhealthy desire to quibble over the meaning of words, and it stirs up arguments that end in jealousy, division, slander, and evil suspicions. These people always cause trouble. Their minds are corrupt. They've turned their backs to truth. To them, a show of godliness is just a way to become wealthy. But that's what happens, folks, when we're not rooted in the word of God. When we're rooted in the word, we understand the difference between what is right and what is unhealthy and what is going to bring healing and restoration and what is going to end up in division and jealousy and arguments. Second Timothy chapter 3 verse 15 through 17. Man, I told you we were going to plow through a lot of truth today, and we are because I think it's so important that we come back to the fundamentals of Scripture and reframe how we look at this problem that if we are stuck on arguing about politics or that if we are stuck arguing about, you know, human rights or civil rights, or we are stuck arguing about money and what should happen with the economy, that for us to take a step back and see the real scope of the problem and what we can do in order to start making a difference. So I just think that's so important. Second Timothy three fifteen through 17 says this, for you've been taught the Holy Scriptures from childhood, and they have given you wisdom to receive the salvation that comes from trusting in Christ. All Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we're wrong, and it teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip His people to do every good work. So we have to be in the truth. It's imperative. Man, the Word is the light, and the light illuminates the dark, and it exposes evil. And the Word gives us wisdom and discernment and understanding, and it gives us grace to handle our situation, and it gives us power to rise above it and to live in the midst of a world that is dark and evil and chaotic because the truth holds. It stands firm. It will not be shaken. Man, it has stood since the beginning of time, and it will not fail us now. The Word of God can be trusted in a time when we don't know who to trust. The Word of God can be relied on in a time when everyone seems unreliable. But it can't empower you and equip you if you are not reading it. (laughs) And so we have to get into the truth because it will empower us to help make a difference in our world and in our community. So the second thing that we can do about this problem of sin, other than to be in the word, which is so fundamental, the second thing we can do is to resist sin ourselves. We have to make sure we are not contributing to the sin problem. Now, I know we are all sinners and we fall short of the glory of God. And believe me, I am first in that line. This is not me preaching down at anybody or condemning anybody or trying to point out a speck in someone else's eye while I ignore the log in my own eye, man, I humbly come to you with this and say that as the body of believers, we have to stand up and overcome the tendencies of our sinful nature. And I know we can do it because it is finished. Christ has already overcome sin. He paid the price. He had the power of the Spirit to rise from the dead over the grave, and we too have that power available to us. But we have to be courageous enough to take that power and to look in the mirror and say, what part of me is contributing to this problem? I love the book of James. I think it has so much wisdom. And James has a couple different things that I just want to read. The first is James 4, 4 through 10, and it says this, 
Do you not realize that friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God? I say it again. If you want to be a friend of the world, you make yourself an enemy of God. What do you think the scriptures mean when they say that the spirit God has placed within us is filled with envy, but he gives us even more grace to stand against evil desires? As the scriptures say, God opposes the proud but favors the humble. So humble yourselves before God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Come close to God, and God will come close to you. Wash your hands, sinners. Purify your hearts, for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. And man, I just, you know, that hits me deep in that I need to be humble enough to come before my Father and say, where is my loyalty divided between you and the world? And where are there places in me that offend you? the Lord, that I can work on rooting out sin. James 5.16 says this, confess your sins to each other, pray for each other so that you may be healed for the earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. But again, we have to have the humility to go to each other and to say, hey, I'm struggling here or hey, can you help me here? Because I would like to overcome this uh, sin that is affecting my life. And then Finally, Colossians 3, 5 through 15. And this is the last scripture (laughs) that I have for you. Hang with me. It's a good one. So put to death the sinful, earthly things lurking within you. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater worshiping the things of the world. Because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. You used to do these things when your life was still part of the world, but now is the time to get rid of anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, dirty language. Don't lie to each other, for you have stripped off your old sinful nature and all of its wicked deeds. Put on instead your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. So that, friends, is the goal, that we would be willing to leave behind the things of this world and the lies of this world and the sins of this world, that we would chase truth and be filled with truth and pursue righteousness, that we would not be a contributor to the sin problem. And I just, friends, if we have sin in our lives, we need to deal with it. We need to rise above it. Jesus was so clear. He went so far as to say that if a part of your body causes you to sin, you should cut it off because it'd be better to live without it than to have sin when you're standing before the judgment throne someday. And so sin is destructive. And we can see that all around us as our country is suffering from what I believe is moral rot and falling down all around us. But we need to train ourselves to be godly. 1 Timothy 4, 7 says that we should train ourselves, literally train ourselves to be godly because physical training has some value, but godliness training has benefits in this life and the life to come. And so we don't have to do it alone, friends. The Holy Spirit's here to help us. We can ask our Christian brothers and sisters to help us, and we can get in the word. And when we do that, I firmly believe that we could start a revival in this country, but it starts with us. So today, Can I just encourage you, man, the next time that you look out and see all of the problems all around you and feel overwhelmed, could you just take a step back and take a deep breath and just sit with Jesus? And then take a minute and ask yourself, have I been in the truth? Have I been taking in the truth of God's word? And then also, what area of my life could be contributing to this problem? And then we just need to surrender to him and pray pray for our country, pray for ourselves, pray for revival. 
Pray for light to penetrate the darkness. And then to ask for strength to stand in a truth in this time that is marked by sin and chaos and darkness. Friends, I know this is a big topic and I threw a lot at you, but I know that this matters. And I believe that God has asked me to share this message because he wants us to know the power that is available to us through his word. We are more than conquerors. Man, victory is already ours. And it may look like the world has fallen apart, but it is already won. God is on the throne and he's going to stay there. And when we are rooted in truth, we can and we will be able to stand firm also even when it looks like it's fallen apart. So let's pray together, and I hope that you will continue to join me in our next episode as we tackle another problem, which is loving people who are radically different than us and have different values with us. And I just want to tell you too, friends, if you ever have questions or want to know more about anything that you've heard, please reach out and I will be taking some time in subsequent shows to answer your questions. So feel free to send those in. Let's pray together. Father, I just thank you so much for your word and for your truth. And I thank you that you have overcome. And I thank you, Lord, that even though our circumstances tell us that it's fallen apart, that you will never fail and that you are firm and you will not be shaken and we can trust you. And I thank you that you've made a way for us to have certainty in uncertain times and to have strength in times when we feel weak. So God, we just thank you and we praise you. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of Mint. I hope you were inspired by what you heard and that you were able to glean some practical next steps to help you run the race of faith. Living according to God's truth isn't easy, but it's worth it. So let's do this faith journey together. I invite you to join us next time by subscribing to the Mint podcast so that you don't miss a thing. As always, I love hearing from you. So please visit my website, amintageisler.com and leave me a comment, prayer request, or a follow-up question, and I will get back to you. Mint podcasts are directed by Annie Ramirez, and we are a production of Reckless Abandoned Ministries, an organization that is focused on loving God and loving people. We are all about feeding bellies so that we can feed souls, and we invite you to join us in the pursuit of giving love away to those who need it most. Information can be found on my website. If you would like to support the work that we do here on the Mint Podcast, You can like and share it with your friends, leave a review on the Apple Podcast app, or share a screenshot on Instagram or Facebook and link it up with the Mint website.